Welcome back. Hope everyone is staying safe. This is series two of the Sofa Club, Titans of Industry Edition, where each week a different leader will speak to us about how they got into their particular industry and how they've been able to cope with COVID-19 and how they feel the country, their company, and as individuals, they will cope moving forward. To get the backstage pass to all our guests and even be able to ask your own questions to them, remember to follow and like the Sofa Club underscore on Instagram and Facebook. So without any more interruptions, let's hear who we have speaking with us today. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is the next episode of The Sofa Club and I'm honoured today to introduce you to Jim Davis OBE and also the founder of DWF Multinational Law Firm. Um, It's an absolute honour to be speaking with you today. It's been a long time but I hope um, you are all doing well. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you very much Oliver. Very kind of you. No, I'm in good form, thank you. I'm finding it a bit difficult, a bit stir-crazy in lockdown but keeping busy is the answer. Good, exactly, exactly. So I think a lot of people would be really interested in finding out how you um, got into the industry and just a bit of information about the story of your beginnings. Yeah, well, it's um, it's a funny old story, really, in that um, you'd probably expect me to say that I wanted to be a lawyer forever. And it wasn't like that, really. I think I bumbled along at school, spent more time on the playing field than I probably should in the classroom and uh, didn't get a university place. And um, I... I think my parents wondered what on earth they were going to do with me, really. And um, I've always been one, as you probably know, Oliver, to to talk a bit. And my parents worked out that he talks a lot. Uh, So perhaps perhaps he'd be a lawyer. And I had a couple of uncles who had a practice in London. And uh, it really was a bit like that. So um, eventually I managed to get articles in a large firm in the city, in Liverpool, um, and sort of went straight into that. And in those days, you were able to uh, have five-year articles, which the first three years was equivalent to a, a, a degree, effectively. And then um, the, at the end, you had to pass the same uh, exams to become a solicitor as graduates. So, But in a funny sort of way, one of the advantages I think I had with my founding partner, Guy Wallace, who was also at the same firm, was that we were at the sharp end and that where all my clever pals were at university having a good time, um, we probably stole a march on them in terms of being at the, you know, being at the um, workshop every day. We worked out how, how it all works. So we started building relationships uh, and I qualified in 1970, goodness gracious, 50 years ago, and got admitted in March 71. So wow. that's how I got into the law. And um, and then afterwards, I had a very, very lucky break. Um, I think my parents expected me to stay in the firm I was in, which was a large city firm. Yeah. Uh, and I got a phone call out of the blue. Great believer in fate, over in, the, in yeah. business. Often you, you get something, a break, which uh, can change your career, can change your opportunities. And the trick, in a way, is to be alert to that, perhaps, use the word of the moment. Yeah. And um, take, uh, you know, maybe take take what's offered. And I got a phone call out of the blue. A pal of mine said uh, he knew a chap who was starting on his own. And much against my parents' advice, I went for an interview. His name was Peter Bullivant. And um, I was completely um, uh, won over, really. But here was a chap who was currently playing rugby for Cheshire. Uh, didn't wear a tie when most people wore ties. And I just thought he had so much energy 
uh, and excitement that I I threw my lot in with him. Yeah. And uh, in the five years that I was with him, and my partner Guy Wallace came and joined me a year later, we learnt so much, which I think was the really set us up to um, start our own business, which we did in 1977. And I look back, Oliver, and think, well, we must have been uh, very brave, or, or uh, but we were only 28 and 29. Yeah. I just turned, uh, uh, so it really was. We were very young in those days to start um, setting your own firm up. Um, but really what happened was I was in a, a car one day with one of my clients, and he asked me uh, if I'd ever thought of going on my own. And I honestly hadn't done. Yeah. And he said, well, if I can give you a tip, Jim, if you work for yourself, uh, build a business, he said, it really is fantastic. You know, you'll, you'll learn things that you will, you'll be more fulfilled, perhaps, than just being an employee. Uh, and so, and he also said, importantly, uh, if you were to do it, uh, we will follow you. So you've got us as clients. Wow, that's great. And um, that really was, uh, it sparked an idea. And um, another client came up with the same idea. And so we decided to have a go. So Guy Wallace, my founding partner, and I started the business in Liverpool uh, in September 1977 with three ladies who were our secretaries and PAs or whatever and an aimless trainee solicitor who was a nice chap and that was our start of business i'm and, sorry um, can i just interject there and now you're which is amazing and now you have over four thousand employees and you have 33 offices worldwide which is just incredible well i the, 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 we are i'm as amazed as anybody if i'm honest um and we're actually also which is i suppose I'm proud of, although I must lay it down to other people. Um, I think the trick in, in a nutshell is if you appoint people better than yourself, uh, they'll make you look good and actually get on with it. And I think there is an issue there. I think we as Brits often in the past, yeah. people have been nervous of doing that. Yeah. They suddenly think when they interview people, if this person is that good, uh, maybe they'll want my job. Yeah. And I think that's where you go wrong. Uh, if you appoint the very best people and you build the right culture, uh, then the business, I think, stands a very good chance of success. I was very lucky to have a partner, Guy Wallace, who uh, first and foremost was one of my best friends. Uh, and um, I, he was somebody that, you know, he trusted me and I trusted him. So there's none of this looking over your shoulder. Yeah. I also think starting a business, Oliver, when there's somebody else, two of you, I think is a great number to start a business. Yeah. Because, you know, you challenge each other. If you look in Liverpool, Mason Owen, the great commercial um, surveyors, they started with Barry Owen and Jeff Mason. And although they they split up and went separate ways, they're still great friends. I do think two people, uh, it, it saves loneliness. They And so that was good. And, um, and off we went. And I'm proud of the fact that we're the first law firm in the UK that has floated on the main stock market. I know, that was actually and, something uh, which I was going to come on to a little bit later, but yes. Yeah, well, I was, it, that was something which, as I say, I can claim little uh, for that. That was uh, down to the current management. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's been a very exciting, exciting journey. Exactly. I think that's perfect and that's really given a, 
a great overview of, of, of how you were able to get into the industry. But I think that's that's something that I would say we are missing slightly at the moment uh, when it comes to industry is, is being able to get that experience from the off. So the opportunities that you were able to get b- 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 without going to university and being able to get all of that experience did really put you in a position where when people were leaving university, they may have had the, the resources, but they didn't have any idea of the application. Um, and I think that that is something that is really needed to to get on and do well, especially within the industry that you're in. I think you made a good point. I mean, I think in my case, I mean, I had no alternative. I didn't have... Um, uh, the university place, which I probably would have quite enjoyed. But um, I do think that there is a trick missed by people. I think a lot of families, I mean, you want the best for your children, don't you? So you, sure. you want them to get good GCSEs and A-levels and go to a good university. But I really do believe that, and you're a very good example of this, Oliver, I may say, because I've known you for some years, and I remember when you were still at Birkenhead, yeah. uh, you were in the holidays spending time you know, seeking out people like myself and others to get that experience. Yeah. And if there's one common theme between the guys that often make a great success of a big business, it's that they show business now from an early age. You know, Branson goes around making money at school, doing all sorts, and people can do the paper rounds or whatever it is they do. Yeah. But too many people, I think, sort of, you know, spend the, spend the holidays, I don't know what they do, but... You know, and then they get their A's, and so what? I mean, obviously one needs to have A's, good A's, but working with the universities as I do now, a lot of them are saying that a lot of the guys who come um, are a little bit boring. You know, they do the straight A's and A stars, but have they got any experience of life? Exactly. When I was when I was looking to appoint people, I think CVs are very, very, very important roadmap. Yeah. To um, to a business, you know, I don't think we spend enough time, incidentally, on on recruitment process. I think if we spend more time making sure that we have the best players from an early age, that they were culturally fit, and that they had all those those ingredients, if you like, which is the same in law or in any business. He said the important thing in the business is to really recruit really good players, really good people, and then, of course, you create. A, a culture of success. Yeah. And I think you get two words in that. I think culture comes first before success. So go back to the point you made. I think that a lot of young men and women, when they're 16 plus or whatever, I think it's important that not, not just to get the Duke of Edinburgh goal, which is obviously good and shows people have got initiative, but those that do spend time seeking out business, men and women, getting experience, it shows people that these people are prepared to go, you know, beyond the normal. Yeah. And it's that sort of thing that seeks out. If I look at the entrepreneurs that I've been lucky enough to act for over the years, many of them who, many of them have been billionaires, certainly many, many worth a lot of money. Don't be just rushed too early to make a decision on what you're going to do in your career. You know, you, you might get a, a law degree and you might want to be a lawyer, which is fine. But I would point out that my firm, along with a lot of big firms these days, appoint an awful lot of people who don't have law degrees. Uh, because what they want is people who, you know, have an experience of life, of, of commerce, of science. You know, if you're a lawyer acting for a large industrial company uh, or a chemical company, isn't it useful to have somebody who may be a chemist? Yeah. Uh, and that, So 
you know, I like what you do, Oliver, is the fact that you were very inquisitive. You know, very, this is what you're doing now. So if I have any advice to people is seek out where you can, because my experience is that most good business people are only too pleased to be asked about their business and to share, share time and advice. Exactly. I think that that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Um, the importance of networking and exactly what you said is I was I was astounded when I was just trying to speak with people on LinkedIn, some huge people in terms of in their firms and, and big managing directors and CEOs of companies. And you send them a message. Yes, they're probably very busy, but they're more than happy to share as much knowledge as they have with you if they have the time and the availability. And a lot of these business people, they, they want to share their knowledge. They want to be able to have conversations with the younger people coming through the business because they see them as the future. And you will be amazed, Oliver, how few people do that. Exactly. I mean, the people, Malcolm Walker, who owns a lot, runs Iceland and started Iceland, he's a brilliant businessman, a man I... I'm lucky enough to have as a friend of the man I admire greatly. But I mean, you know, he's a great um, mentor to younger people in the business, you know. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, I can't approach these guys. They won't be, they won't, you know, want to talk to me. Very few people don't want to talk about their own businesses, you know, and, you know, they're intrigued. And when a young person, you know, asks questions and then listens, soaks it up, um, then you know quite often that is the you know that's the, the, the key to to, to to why they should be hired exactly right I think it's about trying to have that culture within the firm where you know who the CEO is you know who the partners are you feel like you're part of their journey and you're you're all working together for one end goal and the, there seems to be large companies who forget that 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 the people within the business without them you wouldn't be anywhere than you are today and it's not just about the people at the top it's the people at the bottom who want to make their way up the ladder and at each level people are going to be learning new things and if they're with the company for a long period of time it's only going to benefit the the overall culture and the success of the business yeah, absolutely. And my old boss, Pete Bullivant, said to me early on, uh, and I've always quoted this, you've heard me say it, Oliver, probably, he said, it's not a difficult business, Jim. He said, you turn your friends into clients and your clients into friends. Yeah. Uh, and, and so much of it is down to relationships. Yeah. You know, and again, challenge yourself as to the test of a relationship. So many people believe that they have relationships that are enduring. I'm talking about proper relationships. You know, when people go out there marketing and trying to build business, you know, don't go and take someone out for a meal on the Monday and expect the business to come back to you in a day or two. Some of these relationships take years yeah. to, 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 to build. But if you can build relationships, you know, that are enduring, that people will stick with you. And then when they stick with you, they will become ambassadors for you in the business. Just a quick message to say our thanks to Sportsville, our sponsor, a leading hockey, cricket and racket sports specialist based on the Wirral, offering expert advice to ensure you get the correct equipment every time. They also offer a price beat promise against all major online competitors. Check them out, sportsville.co.uk. The two most important words, you've heard me say this, Ollie, as well, that so many people forget, uh, and it's to everybody, is, is thank you. Thank you to your clients, thank you to your business, to your people, the customers, thank you to the people who work for you, you know, the guys who look after the car park, to the guys who write up all your colleagues. But, you know, why not thank these people? And I'll tell you what, 
a large amount of business, number of businesses fail to do that. And during the problems we've got now, you know, this is the time when relationships are tested, when people are really thinking, you know, well, well you know, why would I stick with these people? Uh, and, and the answer is because they trust them, because they like them, because there's a relationship, because they're friends. Exactly what I wanted to discuss. I was wondering if you could give us some insight on the industry. I know you, you mentioned just previously about the importance of relationships in this time, but I was just wondering from the beginning of the lockdown, kind of how have you discussed things with colleagues, etc., on on how to you know, cement and make the people that are working for you feel comfortable? Well, I think the first thing is that if you're building relationships, then it should be almost axiomatic that, you know, if you're a, a retail, if you're a supplier of goods to, 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 to people, uh, you should pretty well know what their businesses are and what the challenges of those businesses are. And, and therefore, and, and vice versa. So, for instance, if you are, um, you, you, we're all struggling at times like this because you can see industries like the air, you know, the air industry is threatened, you know, businesses that have built fantastic um, businesses and suddenly, you know, within months, you know, they're fighting for survival. Uh, and But if you can go back to the people that you work with, uh, the people that are your suppliers and you're honest and open about the, the challenge, then you try and partner up so that everybody understands. And I include the banks in this. They've got to realise, some of the banks have not covered themselves, I think, in great glory, because when the Chancellor, I think has been very impressed, uh, came in with his incredibly generous but needed financial stimulus during this time, you know, how difficult was it for certain of the banks to actually make those loans available? Uh, and, you know, that's one of the areas where I think today business is challenged, whereas in my day... It's old-fashioned thinking, maybe, but it's true. I knew the bank manager. I knew the person that had the responsibility to actually agree those loans and make things happen. And, and, and now we're told, oh, it's all internet banking, it's all this, that, the other. So I don't think all, all, all modern changes improve. Um, but, you know, look at the, the pressure on the high street. Yeah, Look at the exactly. pressure with, um, you know, rents and, 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 and all the rest of it. Do you personally believe then that there might be quite a lot of companies who, who won't come out of this unscathed, that might potentially have to close a considerable amount of stores and then the, the layoffs that that would entail? Well, I think leadership is all about leading from the front. In the great companies, the people at the top of the company set an example that, uh, you know, they don't practice... One, you know, they don't preach one thing and practice another. And I think if you've got people who are great business leaders and sort of, you know, show the financial sacrifice, they, they, they lead from the front and the hours they spend and all of that, I think people within that business, if they have had a, a period of, of people saying thank you to them, they've been straight with them, they've done all those things, then when you get a challenge like this, um, it really does um, make, I think, the employees feel safe in that they know that the, if you like, the company is in good hands. Come back to what you say. Yes, sadly, I think some businesses won't come out of this. Um, I think some of them have been too greedy for too long. I don't think they necessarily. Um, one of the one of the things you said in the introduction, which is a good word, is is, is adaptation. 
you know, the world, one thing I'm proud of is that I appointed somebody to succeed me when I was 62 years of age and effectively retired as senior partner and chief executive of DWF. The person I chose to replace me was 35 years of age. Yeah. Now, I think that's one of the things I'm proudest of is that I spotted the talent in somebody of that age. And I don't think many firms of our size did that. And, and it's a bit like sport. You know, if people are good enough. If Michael Owen was good enough to play for England when he's 17, 18, then you can't turn around to them as they did 30, 40, 50 years ago and say your time will come, son. Exactly. You know, you're looking for outstanding business people. Absolutely. So do you think due to COVID and the circumstances we've had over the last couple of months, businesses have really realised that members of their staff can work from home and there's other ways of doing business than the ordinary offices and and business parks that they had done historically? There will be. I think a lot of change will come through in the high street. Uh, Look at the challenge for offices. You're absolutely right. This pandemic is going to make a lot of people decide that um, they can work from home. Um, I saw Microsoft, Oliver, I think I'm right in saying it, they tried before all of this last year, I think they had a go at at giving people a four-day week. But they said extraordinary results of that four-day week is that profitability was up between 25 and 30%. Yeah. Now, that challenges us to look at it and say, well, why is that? And, and, and you know, maybe that's incentivizing people. Maybe it's a, you know, but certainly there will be a change as to how we work. But I, for me, and I think I'm right, nothing beats face-to-face meetings. Yeah. And I think we've got to be very careful uh, when we come out of all this, please God, that we don't lose that personal touch. Exactly. I think that, it's something to great to behold and to see when you're building relationships out of the office. It's very difficult to do that over a Zoom call. Um, however, I do completely agree with you that I think that the flexibility of now that a lot of companies have seen that they haven't had a considerable decline in their pr- uh, productivity from being at home. The importance of having the availability of flexible hours is something I think will be brought forward. But I still think that there is that huge importance of having face-to-face meetings and and going back to originally what you started speaking about right at the beginning about the importance of the having a social etiquette and and from an early age understanding that you are okay to ask questions you can be inquisitive about different topics and I feel that that's a lot easier to do in person when you're having a building rapport with someone as opposed to being virtually which hopefully as you said won't won't be something that will completely take away from the 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 face-to-face conversations. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, when I was, uh, I attended some lectures and uh, went to see people as, as I got trained up. Uh, I went out of my way where I could to try and listen to people who I admired. Uh, and um, I went on courses. Uh, sometimes, you know, there were courses as to how to be successful law firms and all of that. And in a funny sort of way, it's an odd thing maybe to say, one of the reasons I went on the courses wasn't so much just to learn, um, learn, you know, what the guys on the courses were going to tell us. Obviously, a lot of that was useful. But it was also to size up who my competition was and to look around. And quite honestly, I quite often, sounds conceited, I don't mean it to be. But I came back from a couple of days on a course with 100 or so people. And, you know, the, some of the most important things that came out of those courses were the 
you know, drinking in the bar till the early hours and yeah. making friendships. Yeah. Some of those people who then went on to work with me or, or we worked in different firms, or we picked up friendships that lasted throughout our careers where we could, you know, pass class to each other, ask each other's advice. Uh, advice. It was very helpful. And, and you wouldn't get that just on a Zoom call. You know, you needed to get to know people. You know, and it sometimes, you know, one in the morning after a few pints, you know, people let their guard down. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that's why I'm suggesting everybody goes to the pub all the time. But I'm just thinking that, you know, building those relationships, you know, having... It's important. And I do hope that um, after all this, we don't... We don't become too dry and feel that it's all we can't can't spend money, for instance, on on, on business development. Yeah. I mean, business development, as much as trying to get new business, should be what I said before. Should be a way of of keeping in touch with clients or customers. Don't be frightened of failure. Well, that's the same with DWF. They're one of the most innovative um, law firms in Europe, in the world. And pro- presumably, that's one of the reasons why the IPO was something that you wanted to, to do. Another thing that, Dave, is what DWF are doing, which I think is exciting, is that we've now made successful on a thing called Connected Services. So it means that we're doing many, many millions in, in, in fees in non-legal work. And so that if you actually are working with people and you need to get quantities of theirs or you need to get experts or engineers or whatever uh, in the business you do, well, why not employ your own? So the, the top people in that industry and make sure that you are a bit of a one-stop shop because exactly. the accountants, rest assured, the accountants have decided, you've probably seen it, uh, that they're going back into the legal arena. Yeah, diversifying and being flexible and having forward thinking is definitely important. And I think that you showed that best with with yourself stepping down and someone coming in to the business who is much younger, I guess, and had different ideas. Because I think that, especially in the law firms um, across the country, you'll find that the people at the top have been there for tens of years and and it is good to have someone underneath them that that offers something different and has a different perspective on the way that the the firms will be moving forward which is exactly what i think is so great about dwf well i i have little doubt in saying no and no doubt at all that if i had stayed the firm would not have been the success going forward as it has been and i attribute that not just to to Andrew, uh, Paul Berry, who was head of insurance so many years, was absolutely fantastic and built up a, you know, one of the finest insurance practices in the country. I think it's very exciting, and I think it's also down to industry to make sure that they find the talent at an early age. I mean, we are now, for instance, we put a lot of effort now into our recruitment. You know, not only universities, we, we, we're quite keen to get into schools to try and find out, you know, the sixth formers, try and explain to people when they're 16 what going into the law is about, trying to find people who want to be businessmen or women. And, and you showed it very early on that, you know, you had something that was different. You know, you were you kept asking questions. You were you wanted to be uh, a business person and, 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 you know, you'll be a great success. And, and, and it's no good just assuming. I think those that sit back after this pandemic and think it'll all come to me in due course. I think one of the challenges will be is that there'll be even greater competition. But the, the people that really go out of their way to really understand what's required, to put in the slog, to build those relationships. Humility as well, not believe that they're great. One of my quotes, which you've heard me say before, Oliver, is Rousseau's quote, which I love. And that is, to admit ignorance is the first step to knowledge. 
And, and you know, when you're, when you're seeing clients who are advising them in my game, you know, you've got to have the courage to say when you don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, but don't, don't come up with all sorts of bull that, you know, there's no harm in that. Yeah. But, but you, you should follow that by the like the yellow pages app. But I know someone who does know the answer. Yes, and, exactly. and, and that's why it's very important when you build a business that you get people that you know, understand the industry that they're working in and have a passion for it. My old boss used to say as well, you can never sell something, Jim, unless you truly believe in it. And I think that's right. You know, if, if somebody just does the job because it's just a job, because they want to take the, the salary and go home, they will be found out. I think this, this will now... There is not going to be, with sadly all the unemployment, with the tighter, I think, you know, people are going to have to work harder. But I think for those people that, that set themselves ambitious targets, for those that are ambitious, that accept that it's going to be tough, I think now, or after this pandemic, there is an enormous opportunity for, you know, the stars to come through uh, and for them to be the business leaders, you know, men and women of the future. I think that's perfect. I think that gives a great rounding of um, the the interview. I feel like we've been able to get a great insight, and there are there's a positive outlook on the future, um, with with many opportunities for those who want it. And you've given us a great information on the importance of building relationships, and also really great insight into how you were able to get into the profession. And I would just like to say thank you so much for spending time speaking with us, Jim, and. Um, I hope you and the family stay safe and moving forward in the future, everything's okay. Ollie, great pleasure. I always enjoy my time with you. And uh, thank you very much for asking me. It's been my pleasure. Uh, and for everybody listening, please stay safe. Okay. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of The Sofa Club. To stay up to date with all the latest information on new guests joining in the coming weeks, please check out our Instagram, the Sofa Club underscore. And remember that all t-shirts are now back in stock online. Stay safe and I hope to speak to you soon.